today is our last pre-recorded time together in this space. Next week, Home Church goes to streaming live under the tent. For the last 13 months, it has been our joy to bring you our services in this format. I am incredibly thankful for all of the work people have done behind the scenes to make this possible and for the ways that all of you have contributed along the way. It has been such a gift for our community to have this time in this way. God has been uplifted and praised in our worship. I know that watching on television is not the same thing as being together, but that isn't necessarily the point, is it? What God cares about is the attitude of our hearts before him. God cares about how it is that we seek to know and honor him through whatever format is available to us. He cares about how his people are using every opportunity to love and to serve others, no matter what situation we're in. He cares that we put him at the center and seek to know him above everything else that is going on around us. That being said, our scripture today is the beginning of Hebrews 8, verses 1 through 6. I want to read it for us as we begin. Now the main point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister in the sanctuary, and the true tent that the Lord and not any mortal has set up. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Hence, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They offer worship in a sanctuary that is a sketch and shadow of the heavenly one. For Moses, when he was about to erect the tent, was warned, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But Jesus has now obtained a more excellent ministry, and to that degree he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted through better promises. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This week I was having a conversation with Mark where we got into the weeds about something that happened with him at school with his students. In the middle of him telling me about this story, he said, oh, whoa, 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 wait, I forgot to tell you about this one part that's really important for you to know. So I put my mind on pause um, to what he was saying so I could hear this missing piece of the puzzle. And then that sparked something that I wanted to say that was relevant that I needed to say in that moment because if I didn't say it in that moment, then I would forget. And just as I was finishing, we received a text about Olivia asking us to put something on the calendar for her. And then we ran into a friend who wanted to say hi and share some things that were going on in their life. Uh, another break in the action and, and the story. And as the person walked away, my mind was totally blank. And Mark looked at me and said, what were we talking about again? And I was like, 
I don't know, heck if I know. And we both completely started laughing as we tried to recreate and get back to this conversation and subject that was so compelling to us just a few minutes before. Ah, life. <laughs> the beginning of chapter eight in Hebrews reminds us again what we were talking about which is helpful because chapter seven is complicated and full of ideas that have many tangents. Here, the author brings us back to the main point, even saying in an obvious way, here is the main point. They wanna keep us centered on the key theme that they're going towards next, which is the whole idea of covenant between God and his people. And we're going to be discussing that for the next few weeks. What were we talking about again? Yes, chapter seven, which was exegeted so beautifully for us last week by some of our emerging leaders. And we heard some of these notable truths. There is a priesthood that is forever without beginning or end, which is seen first in Melchizedek, who foreshadows the Messiah. This priesthood was honored by Abraham and confirmed with an oath by God himself. God, who has sworn to uphold this priesthood forever. Now, this is a priesthood that is centered on the sterling character of Jesus and not any human qualification or achievement. It's a pure priesthood that remains the same forever. It cannot be corrupted by death or decay. And there is no longer any need for sacrifices because the one offered by Jesus is sufficient for all people in each generation and place. Now that was a lot of information and to keep us in place while moving us forward, what the author says, beginning in verse one, underlines everything that was communicated in chapter seven. And basically the author is saying, listen, the main point is this. We have the kind of high priest I have been raving about. And this high priest, Jesus, is seated right now in the heavenly realms and is ministering in the true sanctuary set in place by God, not made by any human hands. And also, there is no longer any need for human intervention for what God requires. Jesus exceeds anything that came before. We're directed to focus on what the throne of majesty is like. And we try to picture Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the intercessor. Jesus is the one, the only one who is able to offer forgiveness that we need. Jesus, who is the exalted one on earth, the author says, if Jesus were on earth, would not be a priest. Now, besides that role already being filled by others and the fact that Jesus did not come from a Levitical family where the priests uh, come from, Jesus chose not to be an institutional spiritual leader. 
Isn't that interesting? Did you ever think about that? We should not take this to mean that Jesus did not honor the religious system which was in place at the time because he really did honor it in practice and in worship. However, Jesus sought to bring change to what was happening from the inside while brokering a new agreement between God and the people. There is a notion here in this passage of how the earthly sanctuary where the human priest served was a copy, is a copy, was a copy of the heavenly one in glory. This idea has roots in Plato, who taught that the visible world on earth is a shadow of the perfect one that exists someplace in the spiritual realm. Now this sounds also a little bit like Paul, who says that now we only see in a mirror dimly, but when we are immersed in the reality of God's world, we will understand everything clearly. But this idea also has roots in Hebraic thought, kind of in some of the things that we've been talking about. When we consider how there is a promise from God that might be this opaque, not really understandable idea that God is promising someone something, and then that person waiting for the fulfillment. We might also think about it in terms of what has been revealed already and what has not yet been realized. However you conceptualize it, it's an intriguing truth, I think, that is worth a bit more of our time. Basically, the author is saying that all worship here is a facsimile of the worship constantly occurring at the throne of God, which we look one day forward to participating in. The quotes that um, I put on the front of the bulletin are all about the covenant that God makes with his people. How God is faithful. We find words in Deuteronomy and Isaiah. How God is faithful to um, the covenant, the promises that he makes out of great love. That no matter what, that God is going to see those promises through to eternity. The last quote I put on there is from Luke, where Jesus is at the Passover. He's at the Passover dinner the night before the crucifixion. And we think about Jesus and his followers reclining, just finishing the beloved tradition of retelling the most important miracle and deliverance of all time from the Exodus. They've eaten their way through the telling of the story, a feast of recalling how God saved the people of promise when Pharaoh would not relent. There was a battle of evil and good happening when the ruler of Egypt would not let the Israelites leave because they were too valuable to him. Enslaving people makes those in power quite wealthy. This has always been true. Sadly, it continues to be very true today. Slavery is happening all over the world where money is greatly greedily accumulated by using the lives of those who are made to work for barely anything. 
as if their life and their dignity and their hope don't matter as much as the cash they earn for others. It is morally repulsive and wrong on every level imaginable. And as God's people, we need to continue working in all the ways we can against it in the ways God would have us. Moses is God's agent of liberation. This is what is celebrated in the Passover. The miraculous freedom that God brought to the people. So when Jesus offers the bread and the wine, he is instituting a new tradition based on the freedom he is bringing to all people who are bound by evil in ways they cannot escape. We wonder what the disciples were thinking when he added this new piece. It wasn't part of the script. It would have been very unfamiliar. But think of how foundational it has become. Jesus says this, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus here is acting in his full capacity as high priest. He is cleansing them with a promise that a blood sacrifice will be made very soon on their behalf. And he's telling them that there is a new agreement, a new miraculous deliverance that will be given for them. Because the covenant in place was not sufficient for what God needed it to be. And since God initiated and brokered the original deal, he can change it however he chooses. As the priest, Jesus doesn't bring a perfect dove or a spotless ram. He brings himself. On the cross, his body takes the brunt of all of our wrongdoings and the depths of our sorrows. Thus, he is the mediator between God and humanity while being the perfect sacrifice for our sin. This letter is given to a group of people who are grappling with whether Jesus is enough for what is happening around them. This passage ends with a familiar theme of Jesus being greater. It says, he has obtained a more excellent ministry as a mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted through better promises. Now, although we are far from the first recipients of this letter, we also often look to other avenues besides Jesus to deal with our sin. We might ask, how can Jesus really be the only way to God? What if there's a better deal out there? We chafe at the notion sometimes of being born again, although Jesus says we must be. We try to manage the bad behaviors we can't stop and the shame that won't go away on its own. We can fall back sometimes on how God loves us no matter what, thinking that that gives us a free pass. We might think that all of our good works are going to save us. 
We might put other religions on equal footing when there is only one Savior who has ever made forgiveness truly possible. And in all of these things, we water down the gospel, which Jesus painstakingly died to give us. Jesus bringing the new covenant through his blood means we remember his sacrifice with real seriousness and also with huge joy. It is a sobering truth that we are only freed because of the cross. There is not another way. And it is in an enormous gift that nothing we have done will or do will ever separate us from the love we have in Christ Jesus. This morning, we celebrate the common union we now have with God through Jesus, who has mediated a new way through his body. As we say the words of the liturgy, as we take time in prayer, as we eat the bread and drink the wine, may our hearts be repentant. But also may our hearts be filled with relief and great joy as we recognize the liberation that we have been given. And let us receive that liberation and not deny that our sin is so bad that it doesn't work on us. Let us say the words of the liturgy together. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.